All right, welcome to the AWPT podcast. Today I have Sam here with me. So Sam, tell the little the people a little bit about you, what you do, that kind of thing. Yeah, cool. So I'm um, one of the owners, uh, co-founder of the People's Gym. Um, got a business partner called Joel. Um, and we, yeah, we kind of make up, at the moment we make up the People's Gym. Um, a bit about me, I guess my background is in... Um, anatomy and, and health science so that's where I kind of have that's where I started I guess you could say um from, from an educational perspective like definitely enjoyed training from a lot younger about 14 years old started training getting into just the gym played rugby when I was younger so that was kind of my avenue in to, to getting into training trying to put on a little more size a little more weight get a bit stronger um and then yeah just kind of like really enjoyed it so just kind of kept going from there and and kind of made my way from, you know, your typical bodybuilding start as a kid, just kind of finding any sort of push, pull, leg split or whatever it was, yeah. you know, like, like chest day, arm day, whatever it was. <laughs> um, and then from there kind of progressed to, uh, as I got a bit older, learned a bit more, started to, you know, when the whole functional training thing blew up, uh, started to explore that. And then I was probably maybe, maybe 18. I remember specifically, I was like 17 when I first did deadlifts. Because deadlift was like this big jump to like, you know, doing something that, that mattered. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, moving away from just doing like bicep curls and stuff, chest yep. blocks. Um, so there's that. And then, and then I kind of got into the cross, CrossFit space a little bit later on, had a friend who was super into CrossFit. So went down that path for a little bit, um, did, a, did a bit of CrossFit coaching um, at a gym here in Sydney. Um and then, yeah, just kind of kept exploring. I kept in the road, worked at a few different gyms. Most of my kind of like moving from thing to thing came through just people that I met. So I worked at another local gym here and met a couple of PTs that um, uh, were more into powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting. So then I kind of explored that a little bit more with them, got more into the powerlifting side of things, did a couple of competitions. Um, and I wasn't really PTing at this point. This was all just like my own. Like I just enjoyed lifting and wanted to learn and I was studying my degree at the time. Um, so I was kind of just doing that, kind of figuring out initially the goal was to go into physio, physiotherapy. Okay. Um, but after doing a placement at a physio, as part of my degree, I was like, I do not want to do this, you know, just, just looking at old people's knees all days, just ate, every second person was an ACL tear. And it just like, this wasn't yeah. the clinical environment wasn't for me at the time. So steer clear of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I finished my degree and then went, uh, kind of went out of the industry for a little bit, but obviously kept training. So I worked with kids for a little bit, worked in childcare for a bit. Oh, and nice. then when I was working in childcare, that's where I met Joel. So that was probably like three years ago now, maybe mm-hmm. three, three to four years ago, met Joel. And then we kind of, he also loved training. He has a background in um, yoga and flexibility. So he brought, he brought a whole different side of, of movement that I'd never, ever explored before. And so that, that really challenged a lot of what I thought, you know, in terms of movement and, and what, you know, functionality and uh, even concepts like stretching, like you've probably seen posts about stuff like that. It challenged a lot of that. So me and Joel hit it off on that. And then, and then on the flip side, you know, my background in strength was something he hadn't really spent a lot of time in. So we kind of hit the ground running together, just really like our friendship kind of just grew there. And then, um, yeah, would have been maybe like, would have been around two years ago. So I'd finished up working in childcare. I still had another job that I was doing, but I kind of made the decision that I wanted to 
explore coaching again and like get back into the space. Uh, I'd done it previously when I was in, when I had my, when I was doing my degree, I'd done it previously. Um, you know, just trained some friends and family just for fun. Just, I enjoyed it. And then I stopped doing that for a bit, but I picked it back up and then it started going well. We just started getting some online clients. This was like the start of COVID. It was actually, it was probably the middle of COVID when I started. So it wasn't that long ago. Great time to start. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. But I, had, I had someone that I used to train reach out to me and ask because I'd been posting again to some of my, my training sessions and some stuff. And so she reached out and said, am I coaching anyone again? She'd love to, she'd love to, you know, jump on board if, if I'm up for it. And so she actually had her to thank. Uh, so Steph, if you listen to this, thank you. Because she kind of <laughs> kicked, kicked yeah. that back in. And from there, I was like, cool, like we're doing this. And then, yeah, invited Joel back into the picture. We kind of kept up, you know, and we, we kept up our friendship and invited him back into the picture. And, and we kind of been running with the business since then, just growing it. Um, so now we, we do a mix of um, our goal is strength and flexibility. So that's kind of the area that we sit in strength and movement, strength, flexibility, or um, mobility, however you want to term that really. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of work between a mix of in-person and online with our clients. So that was, that was kind of a long, long, big picture story of kind of Thank where you. we started and where the gym <laughs> is and where we are now. But um, yeah, yeah. I hope that kind of answers the question without being yeah, too. 100%. Much. I have so many <laughs> questions. So, because I mean, I personally don't see a lot of strength and flexibility training. Like it's usually like probably like one or the other, like you see a lot of like mobility, functional kind of training. And then on the other side, it's more like strength. So that's really cool that you've combined the two. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a topic that doesn't, like I I, I won't pretend to be an expert because again, this is still, I think, relatively new for me. Mm. uh in the sense that like like yesterday I just spent like an hour reading this this research paper on a particular kind of stretching because I just wanted I just wanted to know I just wanted to understand it um but it's definitely an area that um is largely untapped I think in terms of what what is like what is mobility and what is flexibility uh you know like without going like too tinfoil hat like 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 you can't really have like strength uh, without having flexibility and you kind of flexibility without having strength like they are one in the same in in like so many ways so again it's still something I'm exploring but but it's yeah. a it's a tough one to sometimes explain to people as well because it is it's not something you see like you said like when I first heard it, I was like this makes no sense like I don't understand what this is about yeah but, and so yeah. how would you explain it um explain to people what it is that you actually do when you combine the two yeah. So, I mean, like, in, okay, it's going to, like, obviously it changes, like you would know, like context to context, like depending on the client in front of you, it's going to change how you do that. But for the most part, like we, like when it comes to strength and flexibility, like most of the clients we work with, I'll frame it around that. Like most of the clients we work with, they will come to us and they've got, you know, lower back issues. So their lower back is jacked up. So we don't, we don't kind of try and parade ourselves as physios or anything or specialists or anything like that. But I do think with that there, uh, there's often a lot of times where people seek really complex or expensive solutions for simple fixes. Like, for example, we've got um, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of clients who come to us in person who say, yeah, have like sore lower backs and they've seen physios, they've done all the typical sort of like, you know, um, bird dogs and and just like those typical sort of exercises you see people doing with physios. Mm-hmm. And I think from from an acute point of view, that's really necessary. Like it is obviously like 
like physios definitely have their place in terms of managing acute injury and uh, and working with clients on those really like touchy sort of uh, like sensitized sort of injuries. But one thing that I think is really lacking is where do people go from there? So someone's dealt with the injury, like they've kind of navigated the, the inflammation and whatever the, whatever happened when they had the injury or whatever post-op or whatever, how do they actually make sure it doesn't happen again? How do they strengthen and become more, more resilient so that it doesn't happen again? So strength is one part of that, obviously, because like at a really simple level, like if a tissue, uh, you know, if you let's just take a deadlift, like if you do a deadlift and you deadlift more than your lower back can handle, like you're going to injure yourself because your, your muscles can't handle that capacity. So strength is obviously one component, like, like you need to be stronger. So that's kind of where we focus in terms of resilience. It's like, you need to have tissue that's stronger. Um, but the, the flexibility side is about range of motion. And so if you think about like, what, like where do people get injured most of the time? It's, um, you know, it's, it's often not in the gym. It's more like they bend down to tie their shoe and they, they pull their back or they, like I've even had it like <laughs> not as much like now that I train a little more around these things, but like, you know, you sneeze and you're like, oh dang, because like, like <laughs> my back, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's not on those gym environments. And so then I asked the question and, and our focus there is like, okay, so it's really like preparing people for those, for the daily life. It's, it's the day-to-day things. It's like picking your kid up and throwing them up in the air. Like I was even playing with Luca yesterday and I did something with my arm and I felt my shoulder just tweak a bit. And I was like, oh, that was weird. But it's those things in the uncontrolled day-to-day environment where you often see people get injured. Yeah. And so our goal is like, well, how can we work with you to basically strengthen you as much as possible to, to reduce that injury risk and to increase, you know, I don't necessarily like the word all the time, like, but longevity. Like, so that you're not just going to end up 60 years old, beat up, bad knees, bad back. Like that, that's kind of our approach. So I don't know that currently the initial question, but (laughs) that's kind of how we approach that. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Cause I think, yeah, like you said, in a gym setting, like you're quite safe. Like when you're doing a squat or whether you're using, like, especially if you're using machines and things like that, you're in very safe positions. But like you said, I think when I was doing my cert three and my cert four, my teacher was a physio and he said that most of the injuries that he noticed were like a lot of people like getting out of the car. Like that was a massive one. Um, And I just read a a statistic before that like 4 million Australians suffer with back pain. So it's really nice to hear that like, you know, we have PTs like yourself and that are helping people with this Um, because I think sometimes as personal trainers, like you said, there is also a time and a place for a physio, but then as a PT, you have a lot of power to help strengthen this person's body. Um, so I saw that you do a lot of like Jefferson curl lifts. That's very good for strength. Yeah. For strengthening, uh, like the low back and that kind of thing. So do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So Jefferson's a huge one, like, uh, and again, like it's one that Joel taught me. So it's one that I saw Joel bring in because um, he, he'd seen that in a bunch of other people that he, that he was kind of connected with. Um, and I remember when he first showed me and Joel was wildly flexible. So he, he, we went to a local gym and he's just doing his thing. And, you know, I'm like squatting or something or and I'm probably doing like some curls and he's over there and he gets this barbell and he just bends down and practically touches his heads to his, his head to his knees with like a straight leg. 
and he's holding like a 20 or 30 kilo barbell in his hands. And I'm like, what is this? Not <laughs> <laughs> with this guy. Like this is freaking stuff. But um, but so the way we use it is again, it's like range of motion and strength. So like if we literally just divine like 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 it's not necessarily the definition you usually get of strength, but the way I like to view strength is like the strength that I have is the capacity to resist force that's placed on my body. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like let's just imagine uh like I'm sitting on the bed and Luca decides he's going to jump on my back and fold me in half. Like he's not that heavy. So that probably wouldn't happen. Let's just imagine that happened. Right? Yeah. Uh, in time. Yeah. yeah. In time. I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll want to fight me more, but uh, <laughs> like he folds me in half. Like what happens if I don't have the one, the flexibility let's like, cause he forces me into a range of motion that might not be normal for me. Mm-hmm. And if my lower back can't necessarily handle or resist the force that he's placed on me like in that environment like i'm gonna get injured that's that's what's gonna happen like the tissue is gonna get injured so the jefferson curl is a really good example because that's about like um it's a mix of strength and flexibility it depends how you use it and there's different ways you can apply it but in that scenario it's like take someone who has a really really uh sore lower back like nine times out of ten it's because they're chronically overextended so everything they do they have like this compressed overextended lumbar spine mm-hmm. and so it's not that that's a bad position, but they, they never get out of it. They never round their spine. They never let their spine segment. And your spine, just like the joints in your spine should move and be strong, just like any other joint in your body. Like they're designed to move. So the Jefferson is about basically getting people into that position. It's about like teaching them how to flex their spine, try and get some of that compression out. So you're never loading it like insanely heavy, at least not for someone who's starting. Mm-hmm. And then it's, 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 that's basically the goal there. And then, um sometimes it's bent knee sometimes it's straight knee again depending on the context and what you're tr- what what adaptation you're trying to elicit there but that's that's a good that's a really good example of like how we would say strengthen someone but there's a component of flexibility and movement there because we're trying to also increase someone's range of motion that they have available to them but do it in a way that's going to strengthen those tissues if that if that makes sense yeah 100 and again like you said um in the gym you're in a very safe controlled space yeah. Exactly. So putting yourself in those positions while you're training is going to have a lot of carryover um, That's it. That's to real it. life situations. Yeah. 100%. Awesome. 100%. And so do you usually, I mean, number one, how heavy can you lift now with your Jefferson girl? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually done a Jefferson in a while. I think okay. The, yeah. I think the heaviest I've been is actually only around like 40 kilos. I've never maxed it out. Yeah. Um, uh that would be yeah. very hard because so your legs are straight for those people who don't know your legs are straight you yes. start in a flex so position. yeah so you're basically starting so legs straight think like like standing tall knees locked and and the way we'll teach it is like you're basically just trying to segment your spine so think about trying to fold yourself completely in half and point the crown of your head down to the floor uh and you're essentially letting the weight pull you into that position so you, the hamstrings are going to be on fire, like absolutely on fire. Um, and then if you like, there's so many like parts to this, but you're basically letting the weight pull you into like as flex and as bended position as possible mm-hmm. and then coming out of that position. So you're trying to avoid any sort of like hip hinge because that's where people will go wrong is they'll just do it like a bad RDL. It will just be like a crappy RDL. Yeah. <laughs> which is not, like that's not the goal. So um, yeah, there's different ways we'll cue people and different like different intentions in that, but 
that's that's kind of how we do it. But I haven't really loaded it up in too long, but I probably will do some soon again. Yeah. Now, now that I've rejogged your memory. Now you've rejogged exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm maxing so, out on my Instagram soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and do you usually? How would you program that for a client? So you obviously start like, do you put it at the start of the workout, the end of the workout? How many reps, sets? So you kind of. But again, is it, it's different for every. It depends. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's not, that's, it's never black and white. That's yeah. the part, isn't it? Um, but uh, yeah, look, for the most part, like we 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 won't give it to everyone, like, because not everyone needs it. You know, again, it's like, it's kind of, it's pretty specific to like someone for us anyway. It's like, for, for me, like me, even me and Joel have different intentions and in why we program it. Um, I'd give it to someone who, yeah, it's chronically extended, uh, has low back pain, doesn't know how to flex their spine, like doesn't actually know how to move their spine at all. Um, start really light, like sometimes like literally like five kilos, like, um, and basically you can even do seated variations. If you want to take someone's hamstrings out of it and like, if they don't have any flexible hamstrings, you, you either get them to bend their knee a bit or you get them to sit down. Typically we treat it as like a strength exercise because that's, that's the goal. Like we want to spend, we want to, we're not looking for like, high reps because it's so technical because there's like you want to take it slow so we're going a slow tempo we're not going to be banging out you know any more than five or six reps typically in a set and we're not going to be looking to yeah obviously like do it really fast so the whole thing with the jefferson for us is like it's about control it's about movement quality it's about finding the right position and and learning because nine times out of ten the client has no idea how to segment their spine like even i can't do it that well like it takes so much practice just to learn to segment and move the spine. So it's we that's kind of how we treat it. Like it's just a strength exercise, really slow, focuses on quality of movement, and then progressively loading that over time. And you know, you see guys, I know one, I know one guy that I've listened to, he Jeffersoned, I think he said 315 pounds, which is about 140 kilos. So he's Jefferson 140 kilos. Wow. Obviously progressing over time, but there's people yeah. out there who can do it. It's it's wild. Um so yeah, that's, that's kind of how we program it for someone. Yeah. And because, I mean, like for, I mean, even like myself, like just looking at it, it can look like quite unsafe. Yeah. But used to using your spine like that in the gym, like everything else, like neutral spine, neutral spine, neutral spine. That's like, no, now you're going to do the yeah. complete opposite and forget everything and do the, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's the trick of teaching clients like when, like, like, because the spine, even when you say neutral spine, like there's still, it's still curved. Like your spine's not, not a straight line. So trying to teach people like when we want to bend and when we don't want to bend. And as a coach, I think that's the thing that's hard to communicate is because you say, you know, you might be doing Jefferson's and you say, okay, when you're around your spine and then you go to an RDL and you're like, okay, now I want you to keep it nice and straight. I want you to think about extending it, like your hips a little more. It's just like, it's sometimes hard to communicate, but again, yeah. just taking it slow, you know, generally you wouldn't pair them on like you, you, you kind of keep that by itself you're not gonna do like deadlifts and then jefferson's and then like rdl's like you just wouldn't do that so yeah. you know uh but yeah it's definitely one of those things where people see it and it goes against a lot of what people know but i think that's just because it's it's, it's a principles-based thing it's understanding that like there's nothing wrong with bending the spine as long as you progressively overload it like in like you know not black and white, but a bit of a gray, but like, you know, there's no inherently wrong movement for you. 
Like, obviously, you know, one there would be like, cool, your knee's not meant to go backwards because it only goes one way. But as a general rule, like, (laughs) you know, like there's no inherently bad movement. There's just unpreparedness. So I think that's a principle that often doesn't, you don't hear about until you see someone you're doing and you're like, how the heck are they doing that? But they've they've trained it from day one to, to progressively get stronger. So I think it's usually just people not, people don't know the principles um and educate people on those things yeah and do you find it helps clients um how do I say like connect to their bodies more like because then so sometimes even for someone it might be hard to know how to keep your spine neutral I'm doing the quotation mark thingy (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so it's hard for people to keep their spine neutral but then getting them to move their body in a way that they usually wouldn't helps them to connect to the, the am I making sense? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, I guess what you just call like awareness, you know, like, yeah. or, you know, if you wanted to get fancy, it's kind of like proprioception. It's like, like figuring out where their body is in space. hundred percent. I think that's the number one thing. Like, like I won't say number one, but one of the top challenges I think with any coach is figuring out, you know, you say squat and they like, they like bend down at their hips. Yeah. That's like the furthest thing you could do. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen it. And so one thing that I've really been trying to put into practice, like even recently, like again, no expert at this, this is all like pretty recent stuff. And I've been fortunate to have mentors and we sort out, you know, a lot of learning and education to be able to um, learn these, like some of these things, but uh, like, I think it's the coach's role in that environment or the trainer's role to, learn how to give people external uh like whether you change the environment or whether you give them different constraints that actually mean they do move like that so one we use for the jefferson to keep to keep with that example is i'll put someone up against the wall because their tendency will be to just push the hips back and do an rdl so if i put their butt up against the wall they have no choice but to fold forwards yeah. so so there's i think that's where uh you can use these you know, when people are struggling to move and people are struggling to understand how, like what position you want them in, it's about like having tools in the tool belt to mm-hmm. apply different constraints and everyone's going to respond differently. So it's about knowing, like having enough tools, having enough um, resources to draw on that people, you know, you can give people a bunch of external, you know, constraints that help them move the way you want them to move. And then they understand it. Then they'll be like, oh, cool. That's what it feels like. And then you can take them out of that environment and they'll understand it. They, but then they can apply it again. So that's 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 something that I've been like trying to put into practice a lot more over the last like two or three months. And so far it's it's had great results in just helping people Amazing. progress, which is cool. So yeah, but it's constant learning that one. Like I don't think I'm gonna ever gonna stop learning different ways there. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um yeah, I think I've been a PT for like three years and yeah, I'm definitely no expert. And it's amazing to see the growth like that you can make in one year. So um 100%. Sorry. Being like little feedback tools to help the client um, build that awareness is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so you said before that you started the people's gym. So that's the, the gym that you and Joel, oh, yeah. Joel yeah. run. So how did that all kind of come about? Yeah, I mean, I, to, to kind of give a picture for it, I got to go back to when I was like 18, which is, I'm 26 now, so got to go back to then. Uh, maybe even younger, maybe I was even 17, probably 18. And um, 
I don't remember what it came out of. I think I had, uh, there was a friend of mine who was a bit older and he enjoyed training and stuff. And I think from memory, the conversation just arose, hey, what if we did something, you know, we started something one day, what would it be about? Like, what would we want it to, to be about? I don't know if this is how the conversation went, but I imagine it was something like this because it was a while, it was obviously a while ago. Um, all I remember is out of that came this thing of like the people's gym and and it was just like that name was literally just because it's like, oh, it's just got to be about people. Like, yeah. and that's part of like who I am. Like I was raised that way. And for me, like people are just at the center of everything. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. Like people are going to be the center. And if they're not, it's probably not going to be a very, very happy time or fun life. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where the name came from. And that's, awesome. that's like, that's, that's still one of our, like one of, and if not, obviously the most important guiding principle to us is like that aspect. I know you wanted to like touch on that stuff. So yeah. like that is that is kind of why we have this name and why we chose to stick to it and why we don't, you know, we don't kind of frame ourselves this like performance or athletic this. It's like, cause we want to be about like people, like we want to be about the people and, and particularly those who don't necessarily feel comfortable in the gym environment, because that's, that's like, those are the people that we want to work with the ones who like, we want to work with everyone for sure. Like we're happy to work with anyone and everyone, but, um, but that's kind of where we started there. So look, that's kind of where it initially started was like, okay, well, the goal out of doing anything will be to work with people. It'll be to create a space where people belong. It'll be a creative space where people feel welcome and safe, you know, a creative space where fitness can be used as a vehicle for just, just doing life with other people, sharing life, like having community, um with people um that's kind of what it all evolved revolved, like like that's what it sat around yeah. and so it's evolved like more and more like what does that look like practically but i've always had i've always had that entrepreneurial i don't maybe not that was the right word but i've always had that i've always had that desire to start and build and create something of my own and so that's that's kind of what has led to this point because even when i kind of forgot about it for a bit it never really went away mm. uh, and it was just kind of like waiting for the right time. So, yeah. And then, yeah, Joel's like Joel's like very similar to me. Like we share a lot of the same values for people and for relationships and um, kind of how we want to do the, like we want to run the business, which is we want to be, we want to be about the people. We really don't like make, maybe one of the reasons we haven't grown as fast as we would have liked because we just, we don't like marketing. We don't like all those. <laughs> like, we just don't like that stuff. You know, we just we just don't want to be those that like, we don't want to be nothing against them. I don't want to throw shade at anyone, but we don't want to be that gym that calls you every day and just harasses you. Like, you know, we're going to try and build clients. We want to, we want to get people involved, but like, we're never going to bug someone. We, we're never going to ha- like, like we just want to work with people who want to work with us. We just want to, you know, create that space and that environment where people will enjoy training, you know, and enjoy, you know, getting better. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that, see, I hate sales. I don't mind doing a little bit of marketing, but I don't know, there's something about like, again, like yourself, I hate being that like pushy kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, PT. Like, so yeah. um, I definitely relate, but I think it's an amazing, because it's something that people, um, I know definitely a lot of the women that I work with, have like really struggled to feel comfortable in the gym. And it's a massive challenge that people have to overcome. Like everyone just wants to feel fit, healthy. They want to go to the gym, but it's, it's definitely not easy. So I'm, I'm really, it, yeah, it makes me really happy to hear that you're trying to create a safe space for people to just um, improve themselves. 
So what do you think was maybe your biggest challenge when creating the People's Gym other than marketing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, there's been been so many, right? Like, you you know what it's like. And, um, yeah, yeah. like there's there's been a lot. I mean, it didn't help that we we've been building through COVID. Like we didn't, yeah. you know, everything we've done has been in COVID. And there's been some aspects that have been good because of that. Um, like we've had the opportunity, you know, we, we I don't know, it is what it is. I wouldn't have minded either way. I think it would have been fine either way. But you know, when everyone went to lockdown, we were fortunate that I'd already put into place a lot of online systems because that's predominantly what we did. And so we already had the structure and the process, and so we were able to capitalize a little bit. And even then, when we did that, the goal wasn't, well, now let's like hoard clients. The goal was, who can we help? Like, yeah, they're gonna, we're going to ask for money because we're providing a service, but who can we help? You know, how can we create a service that's going to now support people while they can't go to the gym? And so we did that and, and it worked and, and we got some people on board and, you know, some of them stayed, some of them left when, when gyms open and that's cool either way. Like it, it didn't really matter to us because at the end of the day, it's like, we just want to connect with more people. Um, like, yeah, to say I don't like marketing is maybe not the best way to because like we do do it and like we do um, like we know it's an important part of, of creating a business. But the sales roles that I've held in different gyms, my approach, I kind of when I worked in a gym and they gave us a script, I kind of just said, I'm not going to do that. And I just I just kind of ignored it. No, and I, I just tried to be myself and I just tried to be genuine. And look, if someone my belief is that if someone genuinely wants to work with you and they love what you do and they they like just be yourself and if not that's fine there's other people out there for you so I don't know if any coaches listen to this but that's that's my sales advice (laughs) yeah yeah, 100% Um, I guess that's how I would approach it as well like if you're a genuine person and you genuinely think that you can help that person I'm big on like energy and that kind of thing and I feel like people can like feel and sense that like energy so no, I think that's awesome advice. I think I do think sometimes though, how do I say it? Like we we are the professionals. And at the end of the day, like we always, I'd say most of us listening to this as well, uh, just want, like you said, just want to help people. So sometimes like it does take a little bit of um, you know, like uh, over, uh, objection overcoming and that kind of thing. Um, but really it's just to help this person at the end of the day. So what you're doing is a good thing and you do need, like you said, you do have to um, do marketing. You have to do sales. If you want to run a profitable business, that's what comes with it as well. Um, yeah. 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 I can't remember your initial question. Biggest challenge. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, oh, look, yeah, there's been a lot, to be honest with you, like building a business from the ground up is not, uh, yeah, it's not an easy thing. Like you would know, like it's not, it's challenging. Um, but oh, I don't know if I can pinpoint one, I guess, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm someone who I don't often see a challenge as a challenge. I see it as like, and it sounds really cliche, so I don't want to be like, no, I love it. Optimism, you know, like just be positive. Like I just don't, but I genuinely like for me, there's it's like it's exciting to have opportunities to, to grow and to and to try things. So like just the way I'm wired, not just with the business now, but most jobs that I've had in the last four or five years, I've always found something to put my hand to that hasn't been good and I've tried to make it better. So whether it's like when I worked in childcare, it's like everything was on paper and I was like, this is the worst. 
And so I worked <laughs> out a way that we could have everything online. And so I, like I implemented that, we got a software in and it's been the same with the business. Every challenge we've had, it's, it's been frustrating, whether it's like, you know, trying to get more leads and feeling like we're stuck trying to figure out what service do we want to offer? What do I, what do people want? Like they're all things that I feel like as a business over, as a business owner, you're never going to get past them. There's always something that you need to do. Like you don't get to turn off, you know, you need to switch yeah. off. It's your business and you're responsible for it. Yeah. And so there's always challenges, but I think um, part like the way I'm wired anyway, and I'm not pushing for like a never stop because I think that's silly. Like you need to rest. But I think part of the way I'm wired is like when I see stuff that's challenging, my response is more like, what can we do? Like, how can we fix that? Uh, do we need to fix that? Um, I'd say probably the biggest challenge, biggest challenge we've had, if I was going to put, put something in there would be, yeah, just figuring out, okay, so if we don't want to buy into a lot of the, the salesy marketing sort of gimmicky buzzwords and just sell ourselves a little. And I mean, like, and just, just give ourselves away and be like, whatever, we're going to give all our integrity away and just do what works. Um, again, no shade to people who do those things. Like you, you make your business work, but um, in not doing that, it was like a challenge for us to figure out. So who are we then? Like, if we don't want to be those people, we don't want to, we don't want to do things that way. How do we want to do it? How do we want to reach our audience? Um, what services do we want to provide? Um, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges in that has been because we were never like, so myself and Joel, we've never been PTs in a commercial gym. So we've actually, like we had, we had zero client base coming into it, starting something online. And like in, in hindsight, like that's really, really hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> it you've is. Got, you've got no sure. traction. You've got no yeah. traction. So like, that's been a big, a big part of it is like, how do we get our message out there? Because we run coaching in person out of my home studio garage but people don't come there just to train. So there's no audience that comes and sees what we're doing. We've got to invite them in. We've got to try and get them there. And same with online. Like you would know being an online coach and stuff, like trying to um, like cut through the noise, you know, like when you've got massive brands out there, like move with us and bodies by Rachel and like all these massive people, um, which is a whole nother discussion in and of itself. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like it can be really hard. So I think, figuring out who do you want to be and how do you actually want to help people and how are you going to cut through that noise? Cause one thing I heard that really encouraged me a while back, I was reading this, this um, little resource that I got and it just said like, there's an audience for everyone. Yeah. Like there's, there's so much weird stuff out there on YouTube and on the internet and there's an audience for everyone. It doesn't matter what you do. So you've just got to find them. You've just got to figure out how to reach them. And I think we're still, we're still in the process of doing that. It's not something we've perfected by any means, but we've had glimpses where it seemed like we've, we've kind of hit the, hit the money and we're like, cool, that makes sense to us now. But that's probably been our biggest challenge is constantly trying to refine who are we, what do we want to do and who are we going to work with and how to, um, I don't know, that's kind of like four answers, but if we squished it all together. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So um, what would you call it? Like your motto, your, do you know what I yeah so like a mission people, statement yes mission statement that's it <laughs> so people resilience discipline and community that definitely is like yeah you could summarize like like we don't really have an official one um i know like on our website the phrase says stronger together that's uh -huh. kind of something for us that's like <clears throat> when we thought of that um 
it's like, okay, cool. It represents the idea of increasing our strength, like physically, like being more resilient, but it also represents the idea of being strong as a community and being unified and having a place to belong. And that matters to us. And the other one we, we throw around is often um, strength focused, community minded um, because we try to cross that line of, you know, we, you see a lot of gyms. I think you often end up in one or two baskets. They're either highly performance driven, like, yeah. and they say so they draw athletes, like, um, and that's not to say that they don't, uh, they're not good with people or they don't have a good community, but they're highly performance driven. They're highly skilled coaches. They've got, uh, you know, a, a, a highly academic background. They've got a lot of knowledge and their practical skill of coaching people is really high. And then you kind of got the other side of the coin, which is, uh, you've got a high community aspect. So again, I don't want to name any names here, but you've got like, say a high, like you've got a lot of community. And so people really feel like they belong but maybe some of the stuff that they're doing, like you look at and you're like, yeah. F45. I wasn't going to say their name. I wasn't going to call them out. I'm dropping names. (laughs) No holds barred. But like, uh, and no no shade on them because it's cool. And like at the end of the day, if someone wasn't moving and they're moving, like awesome. Exactly. But you know what I'm saying? There's kind of like, I think often you get gyms that fall into one or two categories. And so trying to be that middle ground where you provide a really high standard of coaching and you, you really want to help people and you know your stuff. I actually think you do this really well based off what I've seen online. I think you do this really well. Um, you've got a high standard of like coaching, but you also acknowledge that these are real people with real lives, you know, and maxing out their deadlift is not the most important thing in their week. It's like, it's how they feel emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Like, do they feel like they belong and connect in the space? You know, are they happy when they're there? You know, do they enjoy their relationship with you or are you just a jerk who makes them like work harder? You know what I mean? Like it's a tough one to navigate. I think you don't see a lot of gyms that do both well. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm sure there's plenty out there. I just haven't seen them as well. Yeah. <laughs> Would you, um, where do you see the people's gym in five years? Oh, like where do, where do I want to see the people's gym? Yeah, <laughs> where do you want to see the people's gym? Where, where do we want to be? Uh, I mean, I know like our, our our goal, like fully transparent is like we want to be in a bigger facility. We want to be able yeah. to open a space primarily because it's like you just don't want to be training out of garage forever. At least I don't want to be training out of my garage forever. Um, unless it was like a really nice garage, which is not that nice. So <laughs> I'll be in there forever. Um, <laughs> That's like our primary goal is like just to try and find that space. Um, I guess from there, like the, the, the goal from there is like just keep building the community. Um, I have so many ideas, uh, like too many ideas. Like my wife never wants to hear them because I just have a new one every 10 minutes. She's like, I just don't talk to you about Enough. it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I just, she's like, you change your mind every minute. I'm like, it's just because I have a new idea every minute. Yeah. <laughs> I have that problem as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for me, I think, definitely building more community so having more space to just invite people in you know i'd love to um explore how to help coaches more as well like i don't i don't think that i have the solution for coaches necessarily and i'm you know i've only been doing this a little while but um one day i'd love to be able to help people i guess in some way figure out navigate the world of how do you actually help people physically i think it's a really tricky one to navigate mm-hmm. um like long, long term, like this is something I'm, I would love to see. Like, because we have our online coaching, I would love to be able to build uh, like a team of coaches under the brand, the People's Gym, and and be able to offer more services and um, 
I guess, grow that brand a bit, but, you know, we're looking at maybe partnering with a nutritionist soon. Um, you know, we've got, I've got a couple of connections with, uh, I've got a Cairo, my, my cousin-in-law is a Cairo. So like I, ideal scenario, I'd love to be able to grow a team that just continues to help people. And, and I don't know, ex- to be honest, just explore, like, I'm not someone, like I said, I have too many ideas and I'm always looking for the next thing. So I, I don't know what it'll look like in five years, but I've got a lot of ideas and, uh, I remember reading, I read, um, shoe dog. I don't know if you've read that by Phil. It's the guy who started Nike. Phil, oh, cool. I think his name is Phil Knight. Um, and there's this literally in the first chapter, he finishes the chapter by saying, uh, I didn't know what the next step would be. All I know is I had to keep moving forward. And I'm like, that's literally that like hit me so hard. I was like, that's just me through and through. It's like, I don't even know what the next step is all the time. I just know that I got to keep doing something. I like yesterday I threw out a program online. I'm like, I'm going to write a minimalist program. Who wants to do it? And I got, yeah, yeah we'll do it. So I'm like, that's me. I just throw stuff out. And if it sticks, it sticks. If sometimes it doesn't, often it doesn't, but it's like, just keep moving forward. So five years, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't really know, but hopefully somewhere could. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I guess like as a business owner, as a coach, like that's really um, what you have to do is like, it's just keep putting yourself out there. Um, maybe you are like, yeah, an online coach. Like it is quite hard when you're just starting out, but, um, yeah. with a bit of discipline, resilience, you'll get there. Yeah, how has resilience and discipline helped you say, even in your own like training career or whatever you want to call it. And then, um, with opening the people's gym and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I consider myself a pretty disciplined person. I think when it comes to most things, like I've, I don't think I've missed a week of training in like a long time. Like I, I don't remember the last <laughs> week where I didn't exercise, like, and I didn't do something like either lift or run or, you know, even when I've been away on holidays and visiting my family up in Port Macquarie, it's been like getting down to the outdoor gym and just hitting reps on the pull-up bar or I don't know, like. So I consider my, I think for me, that's past the point of discipline. Like this is habit now. It's just like, yeah. I don't do it. I know, I know how I feel. So it just becomes a part of my rhythm. Um, resilience. Again, I think resilience is like a topic that we could talk about in and of itself for a while. Cause mm. something that I think lacks so much today, just like, I think it's a quality that can be trained though. So I don't oh, think it's, lost. Sure. I think we need an environment where people, um, where people can be pushed but in a way that's actually helpful and in a way that actually builds them up and doesn't just tear them down. Mm. Um, so look for me, like how is resilience and discipline? I think, yeah, like I'm a very structured person. So I've got my lists. I've got like, when it comes to running the business, like everything is like organized for me. I know what I'm doing every day. Um, that's taking time and it's all, I'm constantly refining it, but like, I like everything for me has a process and a system and a place and, and it exists in a, I don't know, in a, in a process or a system somewhere um resilience man that's a tricky one because there's been a lot of times where i'm like dang this is so hard like is this actually worth it even it's been like two years and i'm like already thinking about giving up no (laughs) it's 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 a lot but i think if you if you're passionate enough about like why you want to do it um like you'll stay in there you know what i mean like you'll figure out a way like that's what i always say to people man i'm like if you even clients like if you really value it enough like you'll make time for it you'll you'll put in the hours for it um you don't like people uh, the number one thing i love is like i'm a bit busy right now but it's like so what netflix shows you've been watching and they'll tell you like three shows yeah, yeah. all right so you're busy on, but just like 
you've just binged these three episodes or like you know i don't have enough money right now but it's like but then like they'll go and buy maccas and again it's like no hey because i'm like people can value what they want to value so yeah that's fine but what i think is that a lot of the time people use an excuse of like i don't have x Mm. but the reality is is like no you just don't value this enough to make time or space for it that's all it is yeah and that's totally fine but i think we just need to be honest with people and i've kind of made that commitment to myself that when people say like too much money on you know, again, I never want to do it in a way that makes people feel bad because I understand, you know, I lived out of home when I was young and I had to make ends meet by myself. And like, it's hard. So there is a point at which it's like, you actually don't have money and that's totally fine. Um, but I think when it comes to discipline and resilience and, and that kind of conversation, I think a lot of it has to do with like, people just need to be honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really want it? Do you really want to put the work in? Mm-hmm. Do you actually value not just exercising, but do you value what it might give you? Do you value, you know, losing weight so that you are more attractive to your partner? Do you value losing weight so that you can play with your kids, your grandkids? Like, do you value those things enough to put the time and money and effort in? And if not, then that's fine. But yeah, like, just call it as it is. Yeah. You know? that's, and for coaches, I think it's been the same for me. It's like, do I, do I value for me the, the the dream of having a community, having a business that that adds value to people's lives, that ha- that creates a space where people can belong, that creates relationships between people in a network that that is good and healthy, and uh, like that goes deeper for me than just having it for the sake of having. It. I think it's like a an essential part of like who we are. It's like you need those spaces, um, and it, and it really matters. And I think a lot of like I'm gonna I'm get, without getting too deep, but I think like it uh. Like, I think a lot of what we see in society today, not, not could be fixed. Cause I don't think like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but I think a lot of the stuff that people face would look really different if they face it in a community that actually really cared for them. And that was like in it together. So yeah. for me, that's like, I value that enough to, to, to want to put in the time and effort to build something. If that, if that makes sense, like that, and that for me is like the driving thing. So if I don't value that and I just want to make more money, I, I can go do something else for more money, but like that's, yeah, that's, I think that it has to be a number one consideration for people. Sure. Yeah. And well, yeah, especially, you know, after the last kind of two years that we've just had, a lot of it has been in isolation. We've been in lockdowns, mm-hmm. um, not getting, you know, the usual time that we would be spending with friends, family, going out, socializing, doing that kind of thing. So yeah. having a place, where you can feel part of a community is so important. Hmm. Um, Was there like a specific time or thing that kind of like lit that fire in you to start that for people? Or has that always just kind of been something that's been there? Um, I think yes and no. Like I, it's kind of how I was raised. Um, My mum is 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 very people oriented um so she's a pastor so i grew up both my parents like pastors so i grew up in this in this environment of church and i i'm I'm a pastor as well like that's my other kind of job that i do um but i think because i grew up in this environment where it it was really important and i saw friends who didn't have that and i still see people who don't have that and for me i'm like that's crazy because i grew up in this environment where i just had so many like loving and caring people around and I saw that like that was a need that other people didn't have and yeah. so like for me I think it came out of that that sort of um 
innate thing then that was born in me of like this really matters for people and fitness is just something that I love so why like why yeah. can't I marry the two you know mm-hmm. um I think people can achieve whatever they want it's just like find the vehicle to do it so that's yeah. that's all it is like the people's gym is literally just the vehicle to kind of create that space and, and do that with people obviously helping people get fitter and stronger and that kind of stuff matters as well but that's yeah. kind of where that 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 deeper that deeper desire comes from um yeah yeah that's awesome that's really really cool so i want to finish i have a quick fire round of questions are you ready awesome (laughs) all right night owl or morning person morning person squat bench or deadlift what (laughs) not right now my knee's a bit sore but yeah (laughs) still squat every day yeah uh what's your favorite post-workout meal Oh man, um, I don't know. I probably I can probably eat anything. Like food for me is function. Like if you saw <laughs> some of the foods that I eat, it's like oh that's not nice. It's just like just get it in. But yeah, honestly, honestly, usually I'll just hit a protein shake or have some lunch, like chicken rice or you know some some sort of like meal prep that I've done. Like, but it's pretty bland for me. Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> Your favorite exercise and why? uh favorite exercise probably the squat at least right now like i just think it, when you hit the groove in a squat and you just like you feel it it just, it just feels so good yeah um there's nothing better than just repping out or like hitting a heavy squat um it used to be deadlifts and then i was kind of like nah now nah, now i'm about the squat back, back to squats yeah yeah but uh look there's a number of them i think like chins love chins but i think i'll have, i think i have to stick with squat yeah <laughs> yeah beautiful a good book you've read recently? Ooh, um, what did I just finish reading recently? Oh, I just finished reading a book called um, To Hell With The Hustle. That, that was a really interesting book. That's written by a guy in America who um, basically the book is about like how hustle culture is not healthy for us. And uh, there's parts that I agree with and there's parts that I didn't. It was actually a really interesting book because it challenged some of my... my um, my tendencies but there was parts I actually thought actually I disagree with that but the book is about yeah how this you know never sleep sleep when you're dead constantly hustle always grinding like it's just not healthy it's not what we're made for it's not it's not good for us um but on the flip side I I definitely am someone who likes to put in the hours and work hard so it's a it's a juggle but that's a really good book I'm reading one now called conscious coaching and the art of building buy-in so that's another good book but uh amazing yeah it's the the hell with the hustle one's good book really good book. awesome someone you look up to Ooh, i got a lot i think um my father-in-law i mean obviously like my parents are in there my father-in-law would be in there for sure um and my mother-in-law i think um i have a lot of strong leaders kind of in my life i'm very very blessed to have a lot of strong leaders in my life um yeah I think from a coaching perspective we'll keep relevant from a coaching perspective we've got a mentor right now working with his name is Jeffrey Wolf on Instagram he's the flexible um lives in Florida and he's like yeah just outstanding coach so much knowledge um really 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 good so from a coaching perspective right now definitely looking to him to just grow and learn and adapt but yeah there's a lot of people in my life that I definitely look up to for sure 100%. That's amazing. Amazing. What's your favorite protein powder flavor? Oh, I think I'm going to stick with chocolate. 
yeah from experience if you stray from that it's like a 50 50 it's going to be any good or bad so just even <laughs> what you know <laughs> best advice you've been given ever like yeah. in my life let's go ever ever oh yeah. <laughs> uh, i guess if i don't remember it probably wasn't that good so. <laughs> um Look, I think my wife actually gives me a really, like a lot of really good advice. We have two different, very different upbringings. And she, she's pushed me a lot to understand that I can't be everything for everyone. And sometimes like saying no to stuff is, is a good thing. And yeah. I think that's been a really important part of the last five years of my life. So yeah, shout out to her. for, for yeah, Really good advice. <laughs> Love, <laughs> yeah. Love that one. Uh, one message you want to share with the world? With the world? Oh, it's big, big, uh, big expectations. What does the world need to know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jefferson <laughs> Curls. Yeah, do more Jefferson Curls. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't want to be cliche. I guess just... You can be cliche if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just, um, you know, I really think, I think we need, like, like again, it's great, but I think we need to... Um, slow down, spend more time with one another, listening and just living life a little slower than we do right now. Not moving so fast paced and moving from one thing to the next and constantly engaging online and looking for the next thing and trying to, you know, be a part of everything and take in all the information, but just to slow down and, and live, live alongside people a little more, spend more time in your community, spend more time with your family and friends. Um, it's a challenge for me. I'm not great at it, but I think it's something that we'd all benefit from for sure. Yeah, 100%. And last question, where can people find you? Yeah, cool. Um, so on Instagram, um, at I think my tag is at Sam Dennis underscore or something like that. And then the gym <laughs> is at the people's gym underscore as well, I think. Um, and then Joel's on there as well. You'll be able to find him on the page. He's got two accounts. So I don't know which one he wants, he wants but uh, and then our website is just... I'll pop it in for you. So. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and then our, our website is just peoplesgym.net.au. Everything we kind of have is on there as well. I don't know. We've got a couple of different places, but yeah. any of those will do. You'll find what you need to find. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. That was amazing. All right. Thanks so much. You enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Yeah, Bye. Speak to you soon. Have a good one. Bye.